welcome to the Believing Theologist Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Smith, here to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and sound doctrine in Lansing, mid-Michigan, and to the farthest reaches of the UP. How's it going, everybody? Glad to see you. Glad to see you tuning in. While I can't see you, you can see me. Perhaps I might see you in the analytics report I get. <laughs> anyway, welcome to uh, Believing Theologist, spreading sound doctrine and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to Lansing, Michigan, and to the furthest reaches of the upper peninsula of this great state of Michigan. Now, speaking of Michigan, there's a lot of crazy things going on right now. Uh, we got we got a pestilence going on that has been proving that the uh, Infection, the infection, the death rates have not been nearly as high or are nearly as high as what was initially projected, which is good. This is a good thing. And there's lots of uh, talk about, you know, should we open up, should we not open up, and so on. But I don't really want to get into all that. What I want to get into is talking about what should the church be doing. Now, there's plenty of things out there that say, well, the church, no, we should submit to the government all the time. Romans 13. Okay. Then you have an, uh, another one. Well, well, Hebrews Hebrews chapter 10 says not to neglect the gathering of, gathering of the believers. Okay, this is also true. So my qu- the question is not which is it, but how does the church find a balance here? Now, this is something probably going on that we can explore biblically as we go along. But for right now, what I want to do, I have an interview I'm going to play for you with Pastor Steve Bentley of a little church in Flint, in Flint, Michigan. And the questions I'm asking him is, no, what? No, my whole theme, whole purpose. What is your purpose? What is your reasoning? Or continue to operate live, in-person worship services. And what's the reasoning behind that? I believe that this, this may shock some of you. Some of you may get mad. Some might tell on me to the Facebook police, which is just fine with me. That's okay. I'm not here to, how do you say encourage people to do stupid things that will cause themselves or others harm. That's not my intention here. That's not what I'm doing. Please do not read that into into this. My intention here is that my first concern, right, is that first and foremost, theological. So, with that, here is the interview with Pastor Steve Bentley. Click that button there. And, um, uh, like I had said via messenger and uh, post I initially uh, put out, I wanted to uh, find uh, pastors or churches out there that have been meeting, uh, meeting, still meeting in person, um, regardless of what's um, uh, of the emer- of the current executive orders here in Michigan. And my main purpose is to incur uh, help encourage other pastors and churches to continue to. To continue to meet as God has commanded in the scriptures, uh, obviously with um with uh with 
precautions in, in place regard uh, precautions in place regarding health and uh, those who may be more at higher at risk and whatnot. Um, okay. So I got a few questions here. All right. So if you like, uh, first of all, introduce yourself, uh, perhaps a brief testimony. Uh, what congregation do you serve? Uh, my name is Steve Bentley, I'm pastor at Lincoln Park Community Church. Uh, it's a new church we're starting on the south side of Flint. Uh, previously, I started uh, the bridge on the west side of Flint uh, about 11, 12 years ago. And um, I've been in ministry for about 25 years. Um, I did not grow up as a Christian. I, as a young adult, I, I came to Christ and uh, kind of began that journey and got a call to ministry and I've been doing that ever since. Okay, we're okay. Now, the bridge, is that another church or or is that a parachurch ministry? That's another church. Yeah. Church. Okay, so you're running two plants right now? Well, I handed off the, uh, the bridge um, a year ago. I handed that off in um, January one year ago to a guy that had interned and trained with us for a few years. And so he's taken over over there. And then I worked on starting this new church, Lincoln Park Community Church on the south side of Flint. Okay, that's awesome. Rock on. Um, how have you and your family been coping with the stay-at-home order? Uh, I mean, it hasn't really been a big impact on us. We continue to work um, in both our secular business and in our church ministries. Um, that uh, hasn't really impacted us too badly. I mean, ex except for all the peripheral stuff, you know, stores shut down and all that kind of stuff. But Okay. Um, that's good to hear. Uh, around March 15th. Uh, many churches shuttered their doors as good initially as goodwill to the projected number numbers at the time. Uh, but recently, many churches have decided to open the doors once again or never stop meeting in the first place. Uh, in your case, what has your, been your uh, reasoning or thought process? Well, we never we never shut our doors. We never stopped having public services. The um, <clears throat> for a number of reasons. One of them is. Um, we expect as a, as reasonable, responsible, free adults, you, you know, if you're sick, you're not feeling well, you take precautions, you're in flu season, you take extra precautions, you do the normal stuff you normally do. And you have the freedom to choose to participate or not to go out to not go out and do those kind of things. And, um, and then as far as the church goes, uh, Michigan has been kind of an interesting, um, yeah. Okay. So where was that when we cut out? Uh, we're talking about your thought process and your uh, reasoning behind uh, continuing the meet. Yeah, so we, we never did shut down our church services. We, um, we kept going. Um, like I was saying, it's, uh, I mean, for a number of reasons. One was just, um, I believe, as you know, reasonable, responsible, free adults in flu season. You take normal precautions. If you're sick, you don't go out and spread it. Um, you take precautions that others might be sick and, and contagious, so you wash, you, you do what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing, the interesting thing about Michigan is there's been a lot of states that have um, said that uh, churches are, are allowed to meet. There's been other states that have said churches are not allowed to meet. Michigan was kind of an interesting process of what, what was actually written in the executive orders. One was that, um, you know, no meetings first more than 50 and then no meetings more than 10 and then no social gatherings at all. But every time there was a caveat in there that if it was a church meeting type thing, there would be no penalties. If you did meet, you're ah. technically not supposed to, but if you do, there's no penalties. Yeah. And I'm like, so that was kind of interesting. So that was one thing, but really the bottom line for us is the, um, 
you know, the government has no business mandating what you do with your, your faith. I mean, there was a, a nation founded a couple hundred years ago so that people could practice their faith as they saw fit. And, um, and it was in the founding documents and everything about that. So the government really shouldn't be telling people what to do with their faith anyway. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we were going to, we we're going to open the doors anyway. We just, uh, we don't shut our doors. It, um, it, early on in church planting, one of the things we talked about is, you know, if you cancel because of an ice storm, you cancel because of a snowstorm, you cancel because of illness, you cancel because of whatever. Now, every time somebody looks to visit your church to check it out, a newcomer, they're going to be like, well, are they open? I don't know if they're going to be open today. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. You know, the schools were closed. So does that mean the church is closed? And so our policy has always been we're always open as a reasonable, responsible, free adult. If the roads are really bad, you probably shouldn't come out. Mm-hmm. But some people walk. Some people come out anyway. I'd hate for somebody to show up to the church and the door's shut. And they're like, oh, sorry. You know, the weather was too bad. We don't meet. And so we just always, always meet. And so that's kind of some of the choices we made on that, um, you know, getting into the biblical standard on it. You know, there is the, um, the direction by the apostle Paul, you know, don't forsake the gathering together and, mm-hmm. and meeting together. We are supposed to do that. It's, I mean, he didn't set a time and a date, like it has to be on this day or anything like that, but regularly meeting with your community is very important. I, and you know, the, the, um, digital world we're in, you, you get to do some interesting things, but, it truly is a physical presence is important. It's important for us to physically be together, tuned in, focused on God. And um, so I think it's important that we do that fairly regular. It, maybe not, maybe it doesn't have to happen every week or whatever, but I mean, that's the path that we've had and that's what we do. So I think it's important to do that. And I think historically, you know, you get a lot of people throwing us out, well, you know, it says in there that you're supposed to submit to the governing authorities. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of. It says some stuff about that, but it also says that you obey God first. And so, I mean, that's my choice has always been follow God on that. And, and I don't care a whole lot about the um, the political stuff that's going on. I don't try to get into the politics, mm-hmm. not interested in it, but you can't tell the church to shut down. Historically and biblically, if we're not allowed to meet, we sneak and meet in violation of the law, just like in China. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of friends that worked as missionaries there smuggling, literally smuggling Bibles in because they can't get them. People that are there doing ministry, pretending, I mean, they do a different job so that they can get there and then doing ministry secretly. I mean, there's, that's what you do. You have to follow what God says, not what governors, you know, the government says. Um, you know, there is, you should have a certain amount of respect for the governing authorities so long as they're in line with biblical values and with what God's word is. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where I, I came in on that stuff. Okay. Um, uh, what biblical parameters have you leaned on in this time while caring for your flock? For example, what passages of scripture have been the most encouraging to you in this time in leading your church? Um, oh, they, you know, there's, uh, you know, I mentioned that don't forsake the gathering together, but as far as, you know, verses to lean on, um, and one of them, we're actually just starting a new series on um, called the Fear Not series. And we're, um, you know, talking about uh, in in First Timothy, where it says, uh, you know, I didn't give you a, a spirit of, of um, timidity and fear. I gave you a spirit of power, love and um, self-discipline. And uh, so we kind of lean on that a lot. Like, what are we supposed to do? Um, we're doing a lot with the fear stuff. Again, you know, another one where Jesus said the perfect love casts out fear. 
And so we often come back to like, are we acting out of fear or out of love? Because they can't coexist. Jesus said, love casts out fear. So if you're operating based on fear, you're not operating on love. Mm -hmm. So I need to, you know, and it, it might be the same choices even, but we really need to uh, tune in and do that out of love, not out of fear. And so, you know, I'm like, I'm okay with, if a church decided, hey, we've got a lot of old people, we need to shut down, and they do that out of love, you know, concern for their people, great. If you did it out of fear of the government, you're not correct. I'm of the, I'm of the same opinion. <laughs> um, uh, while this time has been a challenge for many churches in serving how to best serve their, their people, um, what adjustments have you made in your ministry to reach out to those in your congregation that maybe decided not to not not to come to the meetings, or they're unable to due to other uh, issues, uh, other issues whether it be high at risk and or et cetera. Yeah, it's been um, you know we're in an interesting spot as a brand new church. We're just getting started, so there's a lot of um, a lot of stuff we're playing with, experimenting with. But um, we've done uh, we started doing some Bible studies and Bible seminars online. I've been very grateful for the digital age we're in. So mm -hmm. it is kind of neat. And we do try to use that tool as much as we can. Um, we've been, we've always broadcast our services, but we tried to make that work a little bit better. Um, we've, uh, so, you know, we shifted a lot of stuff that we can do online. We were actually looking at more of the online Bible study anyway, because we have found in, the, in this day and age that it's difficult to get people to show up committed to a certain time a certain location and so we can start doing more of it online not all of it but a lot of our bible studies and training online and then people can be at it live or they can always tune into it later you know and so we still get the stuff out there so you know using the tools of the age um we've done that um you know we've uh we've tried to meet the needs um and you know relevant ways you know Mm -hmm. We found uh, one thing people are struggling with, and um, I can't, I probably can't even talk about it right now because this one is definitely a violation of, of rules and it's not religious, but it's still serving our community. Uh -huh. And so, you know, we found, we found some relevant needs and, and so we found a way to serve people with that and uh, created like a, a kind of a ministry, kind of a way to, to serve people with that. Um, we've had uh, food trucks coming out and giving out um, groceries a couple times a week at our at our location and just all the little things i mean a lot of them are stuff that we were doing anyway so yes. it, it's kind of it's kind of hard to say uh you know what we would or would not have done but i mean that's what we're trying to do trying to work where people are at our attendance especially is definitely down mm -hmm. our offerings are definitely down mm -hmm. and um you know and so we just continue to work through that trying to figure it out okay um uh, any uh, for as far as us more specifics, have you made any uh, changes concerning uh, the means of grace, baptism, and the Lord's Supper, and how you administer those things? Um, we did do a um, we did a communion. Of course, we did we did it in our service, so it was live. But we also encouraged people online. That was the first time we did that. We're like, hey, we we warned them ahead of time. Said get get bread, get wine, you know, or grape juice or whatever. Like, I don't care what you get, you know, the, the symbols for the community. We're going to be doing community. We'll encourage you online to join us in it. And okay. so we went through that. And so that was a little bit different. We've never done that before. And we encouraged people to, um, to drink and, and eat at home while we did the community and the live service. So that was something we did. Um, we haven't done any baptisms in this time. I don't think, um, I have to see. We really need to schedule another baptism soon. 
And um, I don't know that I would do anything with that at home and be like, yeah, you can watch. We're doing it here, but I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know how they would do that at, at home. Like the VR goggles and the <laughs> – Yeah. It's like uh, get your tub full, jump in, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we, we do need to actually schedule another one. We haven't done one of those in a while. Well, good. Praise God. Um, now, we've already kind of been touching on this. Now, as many churches have turned to live stream only in the midst of shutdown, um, and you explain how uh, already how you use live stream, the idea of live streaming your services, so those who can't make it can still participate for the for the most part. Um, do you still emphasize the physical meeting together? Yeah, we um, we did for the first all the way up until a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and, and a couple weeks ago we. Um, we continue to do live meetings, you know, phys- come in and meet physically, but we didn't push it mm-hmm. for the, the last couple of ones. We had a leadership meeting. We kind of talked about that. Like, you know, we don't want to – trying to be sensitive to the people. Not a, We don't care what the government says. It's not out of fear. It's out of a concern for where the people are. We don't want them to feel guilt and shame because they're not, you know, like, I don't oh, want to yeah. go out because they're afraid or whatever. And it's like, so we, we kind of stopped pushing, you know, that, hey, we have a live meeting. Get in here. And, um, so it's still available, you know, and anybody asks, we're like, yeah, we're, our, we're, our doors are open. You're welcome to come in. And, but we haven't been promoting the um, physical attendance as much the past couple of weeks, just because we, we felt like, uh, you know, the leadership discussed and we felt like it's not as, um, we're not being as sensitive to the people that aren't going. Yeah. And so we wanted to do that. And actually, since we stopped doing that, our attendance went up. Oh, go figure. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's the funny things and how. God does things. Yeah. Um, now, in this time, in this time, uh, how have you adjusted to how you minister to those that are high risk or physically unable to meet the worship gathering? Um, whether whether some policy you already had in place or something you had to change for this uh, current situation. Really, we haven't had to change anything on that. Um, we don't have a whole lot of people that are in that category. The ones that we've run into that. Previously, we've had people that were homebound for injuries and illness and different things. And we um, have a group of people who would take a meal. They actually cook the meals and take meals to them and, take, you know, serve them and do all that kind of stuff. And um, but we haven't had we actually haven't had anybody that's really been housebound that um, we've had to do that. I'm trying to think if we've. Um, and we had to do any kind of. I mean, we have we have a couple of volunteers that take people shopping and, and we'll take them out to do stuff on the days they can. And so, I mean, it's all stuff we've done in the past, though. It's all stuff we did, like, you know, just the reason it might be is because of this virus and quarantine, whereas in the past it might have been a different reason. But it's a lot of the same stuff we do It's just trying to serve your community right where they need it. And so we've always always done that. And that's what we always want to do. OK. Um. Uh, if you don't want to answer this one, you don't have to. Uh, while meeting, have you received any pushback from local authorities or other churches in the area? No, I, I haven't. Um, I haven't got any kind of pushback on it. Again, we're really a small fry, though. I mean, we're a brand new church just getting started, so we're not much to look at. Um, I imagine, you know, some of these big churches that have shut down, which I just can't believe they did it, but, you know, they have 1,500 people, and there's like, well, done. And, um, <laughs> They probably would have had a little more pushback, but in Michigan, you have that in the executive orders that mm-hmm. they cannot um, 
there's no um, consequences for it. So, yeah. you know, none of the penalties, none of that stuff apply if you're going for church meetings. So, I mean, you're still exempt kind of anyway. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know why anybody wouldn't, but we haven't, I mean, I have seen on uh, Facebook and stuff, you know, other people that are real critical of people that are, Oh, what are you doing? You're going to make everything worse. You're going to make it to go longer. You're going to make it this or that. And it's like, yeah, you know, it, but I haven't gotten any of that personally. So. Okay. Yeah. I find it interesting. You know, a lot of people, a lot of folks professing uh, Christians and otherwise, uh, but you're not loving your neighbor. Yeah. Always, always citing the second greatest commandment, but neglecting the first, but a, an appearance of neglecting the first. Um, I don't have this one written down, but I'm going to say, um, what do you foresee as a pastor in, in your local area of this whole situation potentially turning into a more widespread um, shutdown or else period? Now, for example, uh, do you, I'll use a, a barber in Owasso as an example and that similar situation. As a, pas as a pastor, do you foresee or, wor or have concerns of how far our local governments might go in regard in regards to I I cautiously use the word persecution. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm always concerned about what the government's doing. You know, I've been watching uh, other states that have, you know, flat out blatantly said no to religious services and and I've also watched them lose in court repeatedly. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, it's a difficult conversation. And like you said, cautiously use the word persecution. You know, it's really, really difficult to talk about persecution in the United States with, with churches when there's people being murdered for their faith in other places in the world. And so, yeah, I get that cautiously. But it is something that, you know, what do you do as a church leader? Do you just bend, bend your knee, bow? And how long do you do that for you know, and you're starting to see now a lot of churches like, hey, we're opening up. We don't care. Well, first of all, you could have done it all along in Michigan. Yeah. And um, but what changed? At what point do you make that choice? You know, how do you figure that out? And if that's the choice you make after six weeks, why is it not right after two weeks? Or why was it right to ever bow and bend your knee on that? You know, and maybe at the very beginning, very beginning, there wasn't a lot of information. So it was like, uh, you know, maybe this virus is, you know could turn into something horrible. We need to be extra cautious. Mm -hmm. Okay. So maybe a week or two, but you know, I just, I don't know people, I don't think they look at it strategically. I think it's important for the church to, um, you know, know where they stand mm -hmm. and, you know, people don't, they don't plan this stuff out ahead of time. They don't think it through like, you know, if the government does this, what am I going to do? And they don't figure that out. And, you know, the persecution is so light in the U S but it, it is, you know, we're kind of in a post Christian society and i think the um the two big enemies of the church is one is is the church mm -hmm. you know people just getting it wrong and you know just being real jerks and problems and you know people just write the church off for that and the other one is um you know becoming irrelevant or at least appearing to be irrelevant for the rest you know the rest of the, the mm -hmm. society they just you know we become some weird moonies or something out there that everybody knows they're just weirdos don't worry about them yeah. And, um, you know, it comes from being irrelevant and being weird. And um, so, yeah, as far as that, you know, as far as like the barber and that stuff open up as a, you know, I don't know where he stands as a Christian or anything, but um, 
you know, I think, I think it's important that you find something to stand for. You have to pick your battles. Um, I don't pick political battles. I, I think that the uh, kingdom that we're citizens of is way more important than the kingdom of this world. Mm -hmm. So I don't get involved in the political battles. I mean, I do appreciate our nation being a free nation mm -hmm. and I appreciate freedom in general. I believe that, you know, Jesus died on the cross to maintain our freedom, yeah. the freedom of choice rather than, you know, enslaving us and taking away free will. He died on a cross so that we could maintain free will. So, so I think it's something that's important. And yeah. just it's important as a Christian to remember what's more important. You know, if I went to China and was working as a missionary, I'm not going to try and overthrow the government. Yeah. Um, but I believe there are some people that might be from China that are called to do that. Just mm -hmm. as I believe there might have been some people called to do that that founded the U.S. That, you yeah. know, like established something new. And so I don't know. I mean, I, I think people just need to evaluate where they're at and why they're doing what they're doing and what they're going to do about it. And you find more and more in our society, nobody has any hill to die on, mm -hmm. you know, and I, that's, that, that's probably not, um, probably not real healthy. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, thing that comes to mind at first and uh, I can't remember if it's first or second Timothy, but um, no, be ready to give, give proof uh proof for the uh hope that is in you sorry slaughter <laughs> yeah um well it's a final question then what would you say to any pastors or lay churchmen out there listening today concerning god's command prescription for worship in the light of the current pandemic um i like i said first of all I actually know what the heck's going on mm -hmm. in michigan i went through and read the executive order Every time she issued one, I read it. Keep up on stuff. Don't just listen to what everybody else is saying. I read all the orders, and every single time the church was exempt from any consequences for meeting together. I'm like, then why are you guys shutting down? They're like, well, we're, we have to. Well, in Michigan, you didn't even have to. You know, you didn't. So know what's going on. Tune in. Figure that stuff out. Um, you know, and, and really more important than that is figure out where you stand and and i'm okay if if as a pastor as a you know church leader if you're like hey i don't think meeting face to face is important i think it's good enough we meet digitally and talk and do all that stuff i think that's just that that mm -hmm. meets those requirements if you really believe that fine I and mean, you want to do that fine but when you're like well the government said or the virus is deadly and i'm afraid and we need to be super cautious well you shouldn't have church meetings anyways most churches are fairly close to where people live and a high percentage of accidents happen closest to your home and car accidents kill more people a year than the flu and COVID and any of this stuff anyway. So you shouldn't be having meetings at all because you're risking people's lives every time they get in the car. You know, it's like really figure out where you stand on things and your reasoning. I think there's just a lot of emotional stuff rather than actually digging into it and looking at the truth. But you know, in Michigan, it's like, I don't get it at all. Like she made that exception, which, you know, there may be a lot of things we don't like about what the governor's done and how she's done it and mm -hmm. the legalities and the questions and whatever. But every single time she's made an exception for the church. And I'm like, why aren't people exercising that? And I'm back. How are you doing? Hopefully you enjoyed that interview. I know I did. That was my first one I've done. So forgive the roughness. Um, but like Steve said at the end there, Know what you stand for. Know what's going on. Pastors out there, read the executive orders that are coming down from the governor. Read them. 
And once reading them, do what is right in the sight of God according to his scriptures and what he commands for us to worship. Now, understand not a lot of you can necessarily do that because maybe you have an older congrega- congregation full of older folks and whatnot. I get it. I understand. But what I want to get, the point I want to get to you, as Steve said, know what you stand, know where you stand. Know where you stand. Until next time, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. If any, of you, if any of you listening have any questions or comments, look at Believing Theologist on iTunes, Anchor.fm, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, or Google Play, and at Believing Theolo on Twitter. I look forward to hearing from you, and I hope you'll stick around for a few episodes or more. This has been an episode of Believing Theologist, proclaiming the gospel and sound doctrine to the furthest reaches of the great state of Michigan. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.